Welcome to The Truth in His Heart, your source for conversations on arts and culture. I'm your host, Rob Lee, and I want to extend a warm, the warmest of welcomes to my next guest, a talented visual artist from Okalao, Kenya, who currently resides in Baltimore and is studying painting, business, and film at the Maryland Institute College of Art. Please welcome Toscago. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be here. Happy to have you on. Happy to um, be able to be in this conversation and learn a bit about you, your work, your background. And in that vein, we're going to start out with this question. I think this question is going to be a sort of um, it's going to take you back. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about the origin story. We'll have you a little bit. Um, I like to get the origin story of the guests, some of the early examples of their creative interests. Mm -hmm. So could you share a bit about your your background and some of your interests growing up and maybe some of the ones that kind of show up in your work today? Yeah, um, I think if we wanted to go with like the origin origin story, besides just the art thing, because I picked up like art and like painting a lot later in my life. Sure. But I feel like everything beforehand kind of led into the way that I make my stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, the origin origin story is that I'm originally from um, Kenya, Africa. Um, I grew up in this like little town. It's called, uh, I guess it's a village more. It's called Okalao. Shout out to Okalao. If anybody from Okalao is listening, the 4,000 people that live there. Um, my cousins, honestly. Um, <laughs> shout out to them. I grew up there. We And I used to work on a farm with my uh, grandparents and my mom and my dad. Well, my dad was like a truck driver and everything like that. But I used to just be on the farm, like tending to the cows and everything um eventually we ended up like you know miraculously winning the green card lottery and we moved out to the united states like a year after that i think at this time i was probably like about like six or seven i remember like it was the time when like we were hearing more news about obama because he's like half kenyan so everybody in kenya was like yo we got one we got yeah we made it, we made it. yeah yeah type stuff um He's even from a different tribe, but we were still claiming him like, yo, it's nationality today. It ain't about a tribe ethnicity, bro. What are you talking about? Um, he's as Kenyan as me. Um, but yeah, so I think when I first got to America, I started getting into a lot of science stuff like really early on because I would watch PBS. Like since we didn't have like, okay, we were broke coming here because like we didn't, we got here on the green card lottery. So it's not like we had any money to afford to move here. Sure. Um, so we had to do like a lot of fundraising. So when we moved here, we uh, ended up living with some uh, this dude who was like friends with my mom's uh, friend who's also a secretary. Like, it's, it's a stupid connection. It's wild that we even found a place to live. I'm not going to lie. Um, that's also another blessing. But we ended up um, like moving into his house. And whenever we got our own place, like a little after after my job, my dad found a job. I would watch a lot of like cable news networks like uh like pbs and everything and there would be a lot of science stuff like a lot of neil degrasse tyson and i would get into that like during my youth um and eventually i wanted to become like a quantum physicist like that's what i that was oh. my goal for a while yeah um i was even a math tutor i was taking physics when i was in high school they didn't offer it at my school because they don't care about poor people <laughs> um so i had to like I, yeah i had to like get in cahoots with my teacher uh, my uh, counselor to get me to take like a uh, college courses and everything like that um for it and it was dope but eventually this is the this is the art origin story now eventually senior year um <laughs> i am taking my like i think this is my third ever like 
art class ever but it was and it was a drawing based class so it wasn't painting just yet and in that class i've always been like kind of a fast drawer like i guess like um just a little faster than like some of the people around me so i finished the projects really quickly and then you know what happens when you don't got nothing to do you playing with your friends you goofing off so me and the friends were just like we're rap battling roasting it's really annoying now that i think about it from like my perspective now older i'm like dang my teacher was really having it bro <laughs> like we were really not doing anything um but eventually now since i understand her mentality i can think back to why my teacher eventually like went off on me she was like martin man you just keep distracting your friends like what are you doing in this class um and i'm like you need to find something to do and i'm like bro i i I finished the project. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't got nothing else to do. It's like, yeah, but your friends did it and you're wasting time. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But like, I don't have anything to do. And she's like, why don't you paint? And I'm like, what? This is a <laughs> weird thing to suggest to me right now. Um, um, and then I tell her, I'm like, bro, I don't have any paints. Like, what do you want me to do? And she's like, I actually just got like a gift. Her, She just got a gift from her like dad or whatever. Yeah. um of like oil paints like artist grade oil paints just the previous like uh christmas and she was like you can use my paints because i'm not i'm not planning on using them because she does like acrylic mostly and i'm like dang i really got no excuse for it dang, you know what I mean? like i can't, I can't <laughs> say that like she provided me with everything um so i take her paints and i get like a canvas and um that's where it started like and um and it's just been that until right now we're talking about art <laughs> now yeah that's when i realized i was like i really like doing this art stuff and she wouldn't help me like she was like she made it a point like yo you got to learn this by yourself you were really making an issue for me i'm gonna make an issue for you like i'd be like yo how do i blend like how do i paint people and she's <laughs> like you got to figure that out and so everything that i do has really been like intuitive since then yeah but I've treated it like honestly like a science because I was really into quantum physics. So I was like, okay, bro, I'm an experiment and then you know, yeah. But no, that's that's great. And I, I think um, you know, I, I definitely relate to the sort of here's this this opportunity. You're doing all of this other stuff. I, I wasn't in there like cutting up with my friends or anything, but <laughs> I was doing kind of my own thing and it's like and it was creative, right? And yeah. it was just like, yeah. I'm going to help you kind of move forward with this, but initially mm -hmm. I'm not really for it. I'm not really for you not working yeah. on what you should be working on at that time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you will, you know, you, you touched on like, you know, you know, coming here, green card lottery, um, mm -hmm. being an immigrant. Um, so talk about like some of the experiences like you had, like having that sort of background um, coming here and kind of like in what ways that that comes out in your art, like what ways to kind of shape you as an artist. I think like my my whole artistic practice is really centered around the idea of identity. And I think that that centering of identity comes from the issues that I've had with it being an immigrant. Like the thing about like for a lot of immigrants, like if you're coming from somewhere like I guess like Ukraine or Russia or like a, the UK or something like that, when you are assimilating into American culture, you're assimilating into like the um, the like pillars of white supremacy like you are the regular now once you lose your accent and everything like that you fit the demographic of everyone else but like when i moved to america i was assimilating um i was struggling to assimilate first now i'm being viewed as an african because i don't know how to speak english for real um people are like making fun of me because i have a stutter now my teachers are tripping out um but eventually like once i got a hold of it i'm still i'm still only um 
and not, not to like say like I'm only because I love being black, but like now I'm put I'm being put into like the bottom rung in society for real because like I assimilated, but now everybody just views me as like, oh, you're an African American, and they're gonna treat you badly because that's how they treat <laughs> you know like um uh they treat a lot of African Americans. So I think like that sort of pain that I had of um trying to sort of change myself or shift myself. Um, to fit into a mold that I wasn't really a part of, like mm -hmm. trying to like um, speak differently so I can like fit in with like the la 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 like uh well like white people or whatever or like um, trying to change my accent or trying to act a certain way so that people won't treat me differently. Yeah. That was like a whole arc of struggle for me, and that's really what I've been like delving into with my like work recently, like really unpacking that because I think that's an issue that a lot of people have because. Even if you're not, a, even if you don't have that whole immigrant side to you, like just being black, like trying to work into like any even artistic spaces, just any like higher spaces, you do get that uh, feeling a lot of times that people are like scrutinizing your actions a lot more, um, like the way that you're talking or if you if you got a little slang to, you know, what I mean, like um, people are going to like be like, oh, man, this he's uneducated. He doesn't know what he's talking about. So even if you don't have that immigrant side to you, yeah. you still understand that pain of trying to assimilate to um, to a society that almost doesn't want you, you know, that wasn't built around you. Yeah. No, I hear that. And I think there is this sort of fetishistic thing that goes on as well. Yeah. Of if you're dressed almost as a caricature of what they think this yeah. person should be, yeah. then it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is this is other somehow. So this is special. <laughs> yeah, this is unique. Like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like, is the is the work good? Like, I'm this is going to sound ridiculous. I want to dress as a black man, right? As yeah. a large black man, I want to dress like a Russian person. I want to have like the bulge. I want to have the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. With I, the I just, hat. Yes. And yeah. I just want to see like what people do with that. It's like, I want to just take on the characteristics of, was it Inuit? I want to have yeah. all of the things <laughs> just to see is like, oh yeah, we really think your, your work is this. It's talking about yeah, the, they're gonna the, the diaspora in this way. Yeah, they're like, hmm, that reminds me of this thing that I've heard. Bro, you know how many people have come up to me like mentioning some random tribe in Africa like that I'm not a part of. Like, bro, I'm straight up from there. Like you could mention my ethnicity, but no, you're bringing up some random thing i've never heard about like oh yeah i see how you played with these elements in this painting and you know that they're just bringing that up because they know that you're african like they're like oh yeah bro i'm gonna flex this knowledge that i got now uh -huh. and i'm like okay bro. <laughs> they, they get this dossier that has like your <laughs> yeah. background and i was like oh let me let me do this, this search real quick yeah yeah it's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah just in exactly. chat gpt and see what i can find about this yeah. <laughs> chat gpt how to speak with an immigrant yeah. yo yeah, yeah yo so storytelling is is kind of baked within your work and, and what i'm reading i see you know background in film background business background and um obviously in, in painting yeah so you know like why 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 the visual is is the sort of medium that you want to work in and that you're exploring your like your storytelling in i think that storytelling is one of those core elements of my like tribe kikuyu culture um so that's how i've really engaged with the world since i was a really young person and everything like it's through stories that my grandparents and my parents like taught me about how to interact with certain circumstances or in certain instances what type of person i should be and i felt like that really like built my core as a human being and it's helped me interact with people a lot you know what i mean like just having these stories and then trying to make my own stories to teach other people about certain things i think that 
that was like a really big part. So I knew from the beginning, like I always wanted to include storytelling into like whatever art form that I wanted to create. And when I found visual arts, I found that that was probably like the most, I guess, I'll explain a little more, but I guess it's the most sincere way and easiest way for me to communicate the stories that I wanted to communicate. Because that's the thing, like with language, I had such a difficult time with that. Like speaking and finding the words to articulate how I'm feeling in any certain instance. I had such a difficult time with that because I was learning, I was coming in it. I was already like three languages deep when I came into America trying to learn English. You know what I mean? So I'm like, but the times that I felt really connected to other people, even though we had this language barrier, was when we were watching a movie or something like that, or like a short story, or when we were looking at like um, like a cartoon or a, or a comic book. I felt like when we saw this image together, even though we were worlds apart on like a, um, on a language spectrum, we were right there with each other on a mental note. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what I wanted to do with um, with painting. like capture my mind you know because that's something that we don't get a hold of really you know like you you never think about that really like i'm going and i'm speaking to people primarily based on faith like you tell me your name is rob and i'm like okay this dude's name is rob because he said that but i don't know in your head you could be like no my name is really henry like but i just have to, <laughs> like, like i really just gotta go off of that but with visual art you have this unique circumstance where you can take something that you are feeling intrinsic and alone and isolated in your mind and bring that out to the world um, so that they can see that and experience it with you. Um, so I think that that's why I gravitated towards visuals um, as my storytelling medium. And I always love movies. So I'm like, I want to make that and I want to make the paintings feel cinematic. You know what I mean? Like all of that. I'm going to connect the universe, all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a um, carefully constructed performance artist. Uh, go, that, go, that goes by Henry. That's that's yeah. that's what I'm doing moving forward. Yo, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. So we just discovered it. So so this this is actually a, a thing that came it's come up after you, you mentioned the language thing, right? So, yeah. it, in in what ways like do you feel like being like a polyglot, like having multiple languages, kind of like influences maybe your approach to your creativity, to art, to to film, and 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 I say that because I think here there's elements of culture that kind of go away mm -hmm. because we don't value words. We yeah. use certain words in the wrong way, and that becomes <laughs> what the definition of it is That's versus true. the history and and so on that's associated with it. And we like to <clears throat> make up words and things of the sort. <laughs> and and sometimes they can have great meaning or have you, yeah. but you know, it's 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 really interesting, like what we do and how we play with words. So, from the perspective of of someone that know knows multiple languages, mm -hmm. how how does that kind of like like play? Like, how does like the power of you know having so many different you know understanding of languages play in your role your work? I think it's really um, drilled in me the idea that sometimes you need a different tool to express something. There's certain words in like English that aren't able to capture like the wealth of feeling that I have in like uh, in like a word that uh, that I know in Kikuyu or Swahili or something. You know what I mean? So it's taught me like, OK, in this instance, when I'm making a certain art piece or whatever, I think I might need to do this with oil paint or I might need to do this with acrylic because I can get a different effect or I might not even need to make a painting. It might be a drawing or a film or maybe just even like a, it needs sound or something like that. Yeah. Because 
all of these different things will help me express that vision to the highest amount. And I think that's something that I learned a lot when I was, um, when I was like learning languages, I'm like, dang, like there's really a lot that I want to say. And I just don't know how to say it with this uh, certain tongue, the certain tool, you know, yeah. or I could say it this way, but it'll be mistaken as something else, you know, or yeah. like, or like there's a lot of room for you to not understand it. Um, and I think like that really helped me out with um, getting out of, cause I feel like when you only know English or like you only know one thing your whole life, it's really hard to venture out of different things. Like, okay, I've only been painting my whole life. So like, that's the only way I think I can communicate this idea or like, it has to be 2d or it has to be realistic or it has to be abstract or something like that. And that's the only way I can communicate this idea. But mm -hmm. once you've had like any sort of like understanding of something outside of yourself, you can begin to get like, get at it from different angles. Like, ah, maybe this won't work this well with this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and I think in, an interesting thing to kind of, you know, dovetail and, and add to that is we, especially now, we don't do nuance well or discourse yeah. well. We don't really dive for sort of understanding. We need to have, in many instances, not all. Yeah, we need we need to have that full thing spoon fed to us. This is what this is. Yeah, you know, write a grant once in a while, and you'll see like, <laughs> oh, I have to really dumb down what, what my doing, intent yeah. is, and, and yeah. for for whatever reason. And it's not a shot. It's just like I'm kind of scaling down what this intent is. And it's not something that should be scaled down. It's something yeah. that should be bucketed in that exactly. way. Yeah, exactly. No, I feel you. Because I felt like that a lot with just, yeah, like even just the idea of learning English. There was a lot of times where like, I didn't have the vocabulary to like communicate myself in certain instances. And then like, there's this moment where you like, you almost freeze because you're like, I, I, I want to say something to you, but like, I don't know how to say this to you. You know what I mean? Um, and there does there does come a time like where you have to like get to the bare bones of like exactly what you're talking about um because you d a lot of people won't understand it like well they won't come to you with a lot of and i and i think and i think that's something that's been brought to us a lot by like the internet like i <laughs> hate to say it, but like um there's just so many platforms where you're very limited on how much you can say. And mm -hmm. like, it's not discussion based. Like if it was like a forum or something like that, then I'm like, okay, well we can really talk our talk real quick. Or if it's something like this, where we're having a genuine conversation, like there's time for you to like, hear what I'm saying, how I'm saying it, and then take it a certain way. But like, bro, if I'm writing a comment on TikTok about something, you know, and like you're replying to it and you only got like a hundred characters to use for real, like, bro, this is going to turn out terrible because like we don't really know exactly what each other are trying to say in any moment, you know? It's like, here's an emoji. That's all I got for you. Yeah, uh, and then like... <laughs> here's four flame emojis and mind blown or whatever. And 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 I'll, and I'll say this before we we move into this next question. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's interesting. I you know, in this sort of day day job professional life outside of the podcast, yeah. I, I recently applied for a, a job in the um in, in the education sphere. And I remember in the interview, and, and maybe it's just, you know, preference or what have you, but it felt a little trolly. So yeah, mm -hmm. can you just, you know, tell us about your background? And I've been a data professional for like 15 years. But yeah. like can you like really break it down in like in like 30 seconds? Like, what are you talking about? It's like, about how, right son? Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, like what, what are you, you asking what are you? me? Yeah, so, like, 
15 years and 30 seconds like i feel like a lot of people when they'll ask you a question and they haven't thought about it in their head before they ask it like they haven't thought man how would i answer this question because what are you talking about right now because it, it sounded cool life. in his head and it yeah. was not it's not like you don't mean this yeah and... you don't you're not actually asking me that question because like there's no way you think i'm gonna be able to sum up 15 years of experience in 30 seconds you're crazy yeah you know, is is that, and I and I think you know the the other side of it, and having a conversation about some of the, um, just like some of the sort of vague um, ways we we talk about art, we talk about um, fundraising, arts advocacy, administration support, things of that nature. Yeah. Sometimes it's this like purposely vague, like conversations. I think it's somewhere like, what's the intent? You know, are you being kind of like to the point? Are you speaking in like plain language? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that's sort of the conversations that go around like mm. this whole universe of yeah. of, of art, especially <laughs> locally. True. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So the, the symbolism, right? Let's talk about the symbolism in, in, in your work or what have you. Um, yeah. You know, obviously thought provoking. It's definitely, again, with this sort of discourse conversation, yeah. I would imagine it definitely sparks a conversation. Mm -hmm. So. Could you share some insights into how you can base sort of these themes around race, around violence, um, addiction within your art? Um, I think this, this isn't recent because this is something that I've been doing for a while. I've just kept it hidden. There's like a character in the in my like overarching story or whatever. And he's like and he's a devil. But you haven't up until like recently within like the like like canon of my paintings and my like films or whatever you haven't seen this character under without their like hood on because they've been wearing it this entire time and within these paintings i've been like trying to illustrate their backstory of like why do they wear a hood like why are they always wearing this cloak what are they covering what are they hiding and what they've been covering have been like horns or like the remnants of horns that they've been cutting off and i think i found a, I, I found this imagery because i was really trying to think once again like about my identity and i was really trying to think about um what it felt like to um be black and be an immigrant growing up and like trying to navigate that identity and how people view that identity um, apart from your own intrinsic view of yourself. And I, the way that I found it was like the metaphor of imagine if you were born with two horns in a world that hated devils. You haven't done anything to anyone in your entire life. Like you're just chilling, you know, you're just born and you look this certain way. But because you look a certain way, there are people who are going to come at you and view you with all different types of like malice and stereotypes. Um, and they're going to treat you a certain way because of the way that you look. And it's that sort of pain of when you're young not being able to understand like why is everybody doing this and then eventually realizing ah it's because i don't look like everybody else this is why like people are doing this and that's why i got it like and the pain of it was almost like um cutting off that horn this is a part of you like an actual part of you that has nerves and everything but it's this grueling process of like ah i'm gonna like i need to fit into this world um I, I'm sick of being treated differently because I look like whatever, um, and I just want to be the same. And eventually he does that, but like, um, or actually in the paintings, it's like, it's this sort of, you don't know what he does. And it's like, um, he, you're, you're looking into his mind space and it's this time, dang, I'm sorry, this is a uh, Baltimore, okay. you can hear the, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's always some type of siren going on, um, but 
yeah so like it's kind of this idea of there comes a time where you have to make that choice of whether you're going to keep on doing this keep trying to assimilate um and keep bringing yourself this pain because the horns are going to grow back. Like you're never going to be able to hide the fact that you're black. You know what I mean? Like you were brought up this way, your family's this way. So like that's, that's imbued into your essence. Um, so eventually these horns are going to grow back and you have to keep on going through that pain. Or are you going to be like, or I literally, I just have to accept who I am and I have to love myself for that. Like, Dog, like, why am I hating on being black? Being black is amazing. Like, why am I? Yeah, I'm really stressed about this. We're making original stuff. I'm making, you know, like all of that. Like, it's beautiful. <laughs> like, I'm really tripping. Um, and that's the kind of realization I had. And that's what I've been trying to portray. That's sort of um, like with my latest paintings, I've called it the the Negro's dilemma because yeah. it's like it's this dilemma that you come across. Like, yeah. what am I gonna do? How am I going to deal with my blackness? And um, what am I gonna do about that moving forward? You know, it, for for a moment there when you when you mentioned horns, I started thinking of two things. I thought of Hellboy briefly because that's the yeah, thing that's happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's, true. that's a Hellboy, yeah, Hellboy imagery. And uh, and then also there's this movie. Um, Cold Horns, actually, that Daniel Radcliffe is in. Yeah, I, dude, I came up with this painting idea independently of that movie, and yeah. then once, like, I, because I made a short film that I'm, that I'm, uh probably gonna, I'm finishing up editing. I'm probably gonna be posting some, so hopefully you see it. You know, tell me what you think. Um, but after I, I was showing my friend, and they were like. Dude, have you ever seen this movie Horns? And I'm like, what? <laughs> no. But I feel like, okay, Daniel Radcliffe, he's not black. You know, it's a whole different movie. <laughs> it's a whole different, no, but, different but, idea. Same tool. Same. You know, right, it's like we're right. speaking the same language. Yeah, but we're so, saying different things. So give us give us a glimpse, a taste, if you will, into the into your creative process. I mean, it's it's a lot that's that's baked into what someone does. So really being yeah. able to share that and you know, some of the things that inspire you, like where are the D the ideas like I'm sitting here, you know what? I need to I need to sketch this out. I need to yeah. like write this idea out. Mm -hmm. And then I'm gonna put it I'm gonna make it into a painting. I'm gonna put it as a theme into a mm -hmm. film and, and mm -hmm. so on. Talk about about your process a bit. I think like a lot of times I get my ideas from it's it's two main ways all right um with paintings i like to really lose myself within like the canvas that i'm working on so i'll get like a i i've been working a lot in wood recently so i'll get like a piece of wood and like um i don't even know like it's some like weird like um mental thing or whatever but i'll like sit in a room alone like i'll have my canvas like placed away from me and then i'll sit in a chair across from it and then i'll just look at the look at the blank image until like it almost speaks to me or something like that until like i can get some sort of like image of what i think should fit onto here um and the way the reason i do that is because like i've always been like my grandma was always like yo the way that i tell these stories the way that these stories come about is like it's the rhythm of your of your soul you know so i feel like with these paintings if i really want to illustrate like how i'm feeling or get some real intense emotion out of it like it has to be something that's directly coming from like um this space with me and just this work um that's one way that i do it and it's almost and it kind of runs like it's almost like a um Imagine like if you had like a projector out of your head um, and like over time as like I'll get like a fuzzy image of it and then I'll go into take reference and I'll start working. And then over time, the projection will start getting more and more into focus until you get to the end of the painting and you're like, oh, wow, OK, bro, this is this is exactly what I was thinking about. Um, and then other times I'll get really inspired by um, like 
music or film. Like, I think, like, there's oftentimes where I, like, hear a song while I'm doing something or while I'm talking to somebody, and it'll just speak to me. And I'm like, yo, I have to make a film based off of this, or I have to make a painting that, like, captures the emotion that this other person... And, and I feel like with that sort of way it's almost like a collaboration with another person because i felt so connected to this person to the rhythm of this person's soul by like hearing it in the song or seeing it in this movie that i want to play something um that goes along with it and then like it's almost like this big like uh, uh opera or something like that if you work with enough people uh and hopefully whatever you make is is like a uh, beautiful enough that people will look at it and they'll think to themselves, dang, I want to make something or this sounds so beautiful, you know? Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's always interesting to learn a little bit more about how people go about what they're doing. Yeah. No, cause it's so different for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you, you feel like you use that. Why do you yeah, use that? Yeah. Like, what are you talking? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Like, you know, what? I'm stealing that. I, I mean, like I said, like I, I've said it in this podcast a few times, you know, it may not be the same thing. Right. But yeah. I think in terms of like sort of inspiration and things of that sort, it's like, I may get something from someone's sensibility. Yeah. Like how they approach their work. And it's yeah. like, let's steal that and work it into a podcast. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So I was exactly. like, yeah, Toscago said that. And I'm like, <laughs> When you, so when you yeah. blow up, blow up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't think the thing. No, you're too sweet. I got him early in the game. You know, he's just, you know, yeah. he's just talking about, you know, some of these experiences. And now, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the OG way before yeah. anybody. So he how does he do this? Yeah, uh, no, nah, never, 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 never. never. <laughs> it's only Prada that he wears. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like LeBron with it. I'm the kid from Akron, bro. I'm the kid uh, from Old Kalau, for real. He always do that. He's always tagging that. I love, I love that. <laughs> I just want to be a funky art dude, just like, yeah, just exactly. like, yeah. like unwashed Carhartt. Just that's just what I'm doing it these days. Yes, 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 yes. I want you to know it's about the art, man. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. Basquiat, <laughs> like wearing the worst suit in history. Like he just got this from the thrift store, but he's that guy. I'm like, yeah, I love you, bro. Without his shoes on, yeah, yeah, yeah you're that guy. But, so, so what, what would you say are some of the uh, the techniques that you've learned in this sort of pursuit and this growth? And when you when you're working on some of your more uh, recent work or what have you, like, mm -hmm. you know, as I was telling you before I got started, I'm like kind of modifying, you yeah. know, what how I'm going about like conducting an interview, like sure you know me doing the whole hey here's the introduction unless someone has like a crazy ego and it's like look i need all of my credentials I, yeah exactly please <laughs> you like, need no, to know everything i've ever done let's get right into the actual crux the meat of the conversation yeah. and i think that there's more value there versus yeah. this sort of weighty introduction and you know it's you not read a, that yeah it's yeah, not a besmirchment of anyone and it's going to be in there in the finished product anyway yeah, exactly yeah, exactly so, so what sort of techniques do you like as you continually like improve and get better and better through your, your process as a creator, as an artist, like mm -hmm. how do you continually like sharpen that saw and kind of improve upon your technique and your approaches to your work? I think, I think for me, a lot of it has to do with like, if I were going to, oh man, cause I love using like metaphor or simile or something like that. Um, <laughs> that's really how I talk. Um, if I were going to like um reference it to something else like it'd probably be like a show you know what i mean like when you have like a musical show and then there's like a dress rehearsal mm -hmm. i feel like for me and my art the way that i've really grown is through just the final performance like i don't like i'm not really um that big of a sketcher like there's a lot of artists that i know that are, or that i'm friends with that love like they got to make an underpainting. They got to make um, two, three paintings to get the colors right before they start the big one. But for me, I'm like, 
no, I got to do this and I got to get it right this one time. You know what I mean? And I think that sort of pressure that I, that I put on that, because for me, it doesn't feel like pressure, but there is pressure to it because it's like, well, okay, I know that I'm not going to make another painting after this uh, that looks like this. Like, I got to get this right or else nobody's going to like it. You know what I mean? Or else it's not going to illustrate whatever I'm trying to go for. Yeah. Um, I think that leaning more into that has really helped me with like my paintings and being a lot more confident with like my ideas or the way that I'm applying the work and also to be more um, experimental with my stuff. Cause at first I what I used to have like a little anxiety about it because I'm like, dang, I'm not even testing this out before I do it. Like um, this could turn out <laughs> terrible, but now I've learned like, and this is so corny, but it's so real. You really got to believe in yourself, dog. Like that's like, People will tell, I've heard that advice so many times. I'm like, bro, okay, yeah, bro, of course, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like straight up, when you really like, t you're, you're telling yourself during the piece, like, yo, man, I'm not scared, bro. I'm going to do this and it's going to turn out amazing. Like, it's going to turn out amazing. I'm going to do a good job right now. Instead of like, oh, man, I don't know how to do this. It's going to be terrible. You set your mind up to fail because you're already preparing yourself up mm -hmm. to fail. But if you do the opposite of that, you're like, oh, man this isn't hard. Why am I making this more arduous? And then your brain will be like, yeah, hands. Yeah. Brain. Yeah. Sensors. <laughs> We're doing great right now. Like this is going to be amazing. People are going to love it. Um, it's going to make people cry. You know, that's how amazing it is. <laughs> um, but I think like, uh, that's really what's helped me with like, that's really one of the techniques that I've learned over yeah. the course of like my time painting, just being more self-assured and that being the key to like making more, provoking imagery you know yeah yeah I, I think part of it when you're you're putting out work that is has a con component where people are consuming it yeah and th there's always like what if someone doesn't like it but yeah. it, gets, it gets you away from why you might be doing it exactly and, and and i think the other thing that's a part of it it's almost like the sort of performance art component right mm -hmm. where someone goes on stage unless they know exactly the way this thing is supposed to go yep. they don't know if you screwed up or not so yeah that's that took me the longest time like i remember i used to edit videos too or like edit movies or something to like to like show the world my my stuff and i remember being really like um dang because i show my brother everything i'm like yo dog do you like this and i was like man do do you think like i should i should take a better picture of this painting and he's like bro i don't even know the difference like what are you talking about right now and that really clicked in me like bro nobody nobody i'm showing people the first time this is ever gonna be shown they don't know that this could be anything else other than what i'm showing why am i tripping over this so hard and yeah. then like and then i was like yeah you're right dog and then i just posted it like yeah because i'm like <laughs> that really woke me up because it made me, it made me realize that i was in my head way too much about this like because you know you know the peak that it could be like there's like a slight um grain difference in this like one yeah. frame and yeah. i'm like yeah man this is this is terrible people are gonna be like yo toscago you saw that one like rain difference in in uh scene one so um, I, 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 so. I do the same thing when, when it comes to any of these episodes like when i first got into the whole podcast thing i was doing all the editing on my own yeah. and i would go in and i'm looking for every gap 
every yeah. pause and to have a very polished thing. And I'm sure schematically I could go from a, like a data background. I said, yeah. you know what I do, I can go through like, all right, look for anything that has this and trim it down to something less. And maybe I'll shave off 10 seconds, <laughs> but it's like, no, that's not yeah. how conversations actually yeah, happen. So it's exactly. getting it further away from what the intent of the actual work is. Exactly. I feel so, like we can get so lost into it. Yeah. So I got, I got one more last, last real question or what have mm -hmm. you, because, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention seeing the whole the mica thing in there or have you having that as a part of your background. So yeah. talk about, you know, being a part of the Baltimore art scene or what have you being around in this sort of like larger community and like what sort of like influence impact uh, has that had like on you as as a person, as an artist, as a creative? I think like, oh, like Baltimore, because I when I moved to America, the first place that I uh, moved to was, uh, I think we moved to New York for a little bit, and then we ended up living in Indiana for a while. So moving here to Baltimore, the art scene is so much more fleshed out. Like, it's just such a bigger city than Indiana. Like, bro, like, Indiana, like, yeah, I know. Not to, okay. I'm not, okay, shout out to anybody who's from Indiana. I hope they can understand. No, I don't like Indiana that much. Um, I like the people there. Like, I met, like, a lot of great people, but the space is terrible especially for art um i mean we love like, hearing that when the when the colts left um from baltimore to indianapolis yeah, we love the, yeah more more indianapolis shade <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying um indiana's also like the birthplace of the kkk like bro it's not yeah yeah indiana's crazy we're out of um, here <laughs> yeah yeah um like i know you saw that night painting i made bro like with yeah. the, him over top of the kkk that was for indiana specifically yeah um but like moving here just being in a in a lot larger of an art community i think that's helped me out because i've been able to see like okay i'm not the only young person doing stuff and then like um because that's something that that i learned during like competitions but i wasn't really into it because i'm like this is a competition i know there's other young people who won but i've never seen these people in my entire life so i don't know if you really exist for like you're just a you're just a name attached to this painting to me right now but um eventually when I moved here and I met like other people who are like making work or who have like similar goals or something, um, it's been really inspiring. And I think that I've met like a lot of good people who are, that comes along with just having a larger art community is people who are like mentors in, in some sort of way who can, who've been in the place that you are in some sort of respect and are able to provide you with information on like how to navigate this or how to go about it you know like um you inter like you interviewed jeffrey kent like Jeffrey Kent, i love that guy like he um he's helped me with so much stuff like he put me on to a lot of like different knowledge about art um and even like professors here that i've had at micah or like other artists in the city like i feel like i like i like spending a lot more time in baltimore proper like meeting artists who are there rather than in my university because i feel like that's like it's a whole different biome you know um is there are people who go to school who are just scared to even go around Baltimore because they've never been around and they're like, oh man, I don't want to go up by the avenue. Like, there's people up there. And I'm like, man, nah, you tripping, you tripping, you tripping. I, I, I like I like just uh, being out in the atmosphere, really gaining um, knowledge about where I'm at and who's making stuff where I'm at and how we can work together. Like, yeah, there's some really dope artists I met, like you know, like Monica Kegu or uh, Marjani and stuff like, or just people that I that I know here at school too. Like, yeah. 
You, you mentioned some some interesting names there. Shout out to Jeffrey. Shout out to Monica. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know they paid, yeah. like Monica and painted you. I peeped that. I was like, oh, oh right. a little connection. I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love seeing myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah in twenty twenty three, I'm gonna be part of the art. <laughs> <laughs> Not in three thousand and three. You better be. They better be. Man, you know this guy. You know he's real famous. I, I can see it now. It's like yeah. the Rob is in this art. The Rob. <laughs> yes, yes. I, Yo. love I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So in, in, in these last moments here, um, I want to I want to circle circle on to the rapid fire portion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, how this goes. You've listened to this yeah, podcast before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but you don't have the question. So that's great. That's, that's, that's that means true. it works. That's true. That's uh, true. All right. Um, we, we, we've talked about words a bit in here. Right. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. We talked about the power words and all of that yeah. good stuff. Um, so I got two word related questions. OK. What is a word that you use too much? Sorry. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I apologize too much. After sentences, I'll say something. I'll be like, I'm sorry. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I need to be more confident in what I'm talking about. Yeah, I feel like that's uh, a... Never say sorry. Never lost. Yeah, never lost. lost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, no, no, it's good. It's good. Um, What do you believe to be the most powerful word in any language, right? Since, you know, Mm -hmm. you have the the sort of like uh, polyglot background. So uh, what is the most powerful word in any language? most powerful word in any language any languages that you speak you speak a thousand of them we'll go so yeah that's true that's true that's true that's true i feel like um i'll pick i'll pick english because that's what we're talking right now i feel like the strongest word is um it has to be either love or hate like i know you said one word but no, i feel like i feel like those are probably the two strongest because like when you say you love something or like you say that you hate something, there's so much behind that mm-hmm. um, that gives that a lot of power. Even people who say that they love everything. Like if if you say that you love everything, the moment that you say that you hate something, that gives it so much more power because you're like, dang, this person loves everything in the world, but this is something that they particularly don't like for some reason or whatever. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you can tell a lot about somebody by the things that they enjoy or the things that they dislike, you know? It's it's a bit out there from a comedian that is kind of redacted because he got canceled for being goofy, but <laughs> he, he he had this thing about like you know we just use these sort of top shelf words. It's like yeah. oh my god, that person's hilarious. hilarious. It's like oh really hilarious? They they made you like go insane. They were so yeah. funny. Yeah. It's like I'm sure she's not hilarious. I'm sure yeah, she's exactly. not in this, this bit. And I th- I think that's a, a again another thing that we go for these sort of top shelf sort of words and really really don't think of the impact yeah. of words. We just throw something out there yeah. and let that be the thing, and yeah. people don't really get it. So even if you look at sort of the in, in my my standpoint, I guess in the uh, appreciation of art mm-hmm. and consideration of art, if we can't even use the word to try to relay the message or the feeling yeah. of what we're doing. What 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 does that say about how artists appreciate it, how artists interpret yeah. it? Yeah, I feel like a lot of, you know, I'm not going to lie, I feel like a lot of art discourse or a lot of art analyzation that people have is very top shelf. Like, there are people who will, like, speak about art just to be speaking about it. Like, they're like, they're like mm, yeah, the, the colors are very colorful. Like, bro, what are you talking <laughs> about right now? Like, what are you... Or this like, work is reminiscent of the Eskimo, yes, <laughs> the Inuit yes. Rob from earlier. Oh my gosh! Yes, um, yeah. Um, this reminds me a lot of the uh, performance artist Henry, <laughs> um, oh who's known as Rob. <laughs> Some of his early work, you know, before he really yeah, sold out, yeah, it was wearing yeah. Prada every day. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So, so okay. Um, what is your favorite color? 
Favorite color blue. Okay. Um, how many hours of sleep do you get on average? Ooh, mm, I got to do the self check thing for the artists. When there. I'm when I'm working on something. Yeah. When I'm okay. When I'm working on something, bro, I'm not even gonna lie. Like, it's like four hours. Sometimes this is. I hope my mom isn't listening. Sometimes so you see how I turned to dad, Rob, right there, <laughs> I right? Was say, yeah. you see the look on my face, yeah. is like. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i'm not gonna lie i stay up like 24 hours just like in the stooge because i sleep yeah. where like i paint so that's honestly something maybe that i should change because like it'll help me get out of the city but like i know myself i wake up in the middle of the night and i'm like dang there's something i could have changed about that painting i gotta get Yo. to it yeah so i'm like oh it's right there let me just you know what i mean yeah I mean, but where you see me recording that right now this is in the home studio right and yeah. Sometimes when it's like, let's say inevitably you, you have like uh, an instance where it's like, all right, that didn't go as well. Or I was yeah. hoping for a different conversation or a better conversation or have you. Yeah. I will just stay in the studio, go to sleep. I'll just like be in the yeah, studio. Exactly. And, and, I, and I feel like, you know, it's it's those days happen when you do back to back to back to back, mm -hmm. just, you know, going a little too hard and you're almost in the place so you can <laughs> save whatever that time is from commuting. Exactly. Like, exactly. Thank you. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for understanding. Because I'm like, bro, if I if I'm about to go to bed and then I think to myself, dang, I really messed up like that person's cheek. That cheek does not look like a regular cheek. I am not going to walk 20 minutes to my studio, right? If this is right in front of my face, I'm waking up and I'm fixing that. I mean, I would walk 20 minutes, but I'm like, I'd rather not. You know, it's 3 a.m. right now. Like, well, I'm in the city where, like, maybe this isn't the best idea, so. Speaking of which, you know, being in the city, right? Mm. What is your favorite spot for whatever, whether it be food, whether mm. it be to hang, whether it be for for inspiration. Like, okay. I, I like to just wander different parts, especially if it's a place that I've not been in a while. You see different things. You see, yeah. you know, different people around. And I like to be around like like schools, like like colleges or what have yeah. you, because there's a lot it's, of different people. Pe people are. Yeah, it's a lot of different people. There's this sort of transitory thing that's going on. But also people are kind of learning and there's collaboration, there's a certain mm -hmm. energy there. And I get inspiration from that. That's one of the areas I like. I might pop over there past Micah. I might pop yeah. over there to like Morgan and yeah. I'll just see different things. So for you, what is the place you like to go that, you know, either it, it feeds your soul, whether it mm -hmm. feeds you literally or yeah. feeds you like personally? Um, I'm going to say that my favorite Okay. Oh, can I do another two? I'm sorry. Please, you got to. Like no, no. Okay, oh, no, okay, no okay. sorry's here. No more sorry's. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Never sorry. Never sorry. Never, never apologize. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, I think my favorite place is probably like, this is transient, but I really like the bus. Like, I really like, I really like taking the bus or the metro places mm -hmm. because since I'm a portrait artist or like I'm, I do figurative work and everything like that, it's always really dope. Like, being able to go on the bus, like look out the window, see something like see buildings or see landscapes or things that I, that I really like, or just interact with different people. Like just even if I'm like just chilling, if somebody, if I see, there's always somebody really interesting on the bus. You know what I mean? Like or on the Metro, like there's always a bunch of different people. And then you think to yourself like, dang, this person is also here right now. Like what got them to this point? Why are they why are they here and where are they going? What are they going to do after this? And that really helps me like tap into like that storytelling aspect of my artwork because it's like I'm trying to create that empathy in people when they see like this painting and they're like, oh, this came from some other human being's mind. It's kind of like 
providing people with that dignity of understanding like, okay, you have other things that you're doing. You have a whole life that led you to this moment and we are intersecting here and we might never meet again, but like in this moment, we shared that space if we're conscious of it. Because this person, they'll probably never remember this. They're probably just chilling on the bus, but I'm over here like thinking of, I'm trying to be one million IQ thinking about it, you know, but I'm like, this is really, and it gets me in the mood to go to the studio and I'm like, Dang, I really want to capture this. I want to, I really want to create some connection with people the way that I just felt with this random person that I don't know. Or even when you strike up a conversation with some old person, like old people love talking about stuff, man. And I love that. Um, old people. Yes. Old yes. people, he said. Oh, yes. no. No, and I'm not. Okay, I hope you're not thinking I'm talking about you. I'm talking about old, like, oh you're 70. God. I feel like you're, I'm talking about old, like you're 70. No, 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 no. You're young, okay? <laughs> I hope you understand. No, no. Shout out to all the 70-year-olds. <laughs> take offense to that you're seven the 70 year olds in your audience i love you guys um they're, they're the highest moving uh, demographic within the podcast, so. i didn't know i didn't know, I didn't know. Oh okay, okay. um <laughs> you're really big in retirement homes yeah. yo uh, <laughs> they give but, you that and then they give you your meds and yeah, whatever exactly. it's, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. there yeah. So here's the pamphlets yeah. and here's the truth in the side uh, yeah you do your performances there yeah 100 um, yeah, gotta entertain yeah. folks actually <laughs> but, that is a thing i used to do as a kid by the way oh i used to do that too yeah. Like on the weekend, my my mom would drop me off there. It's yeah. Thank you for relating on that because that was surreal. I'm like, dang, these old people. I'm really performing for them, like, because I used to play violin. Um, but anyway, uh, the other spot is it's food related. I really really like. Um, okay, there's this Asian spot. It's called Paul Chen. They sell Chinese food. Okay. Yeah. But like, I really really like this You're like slushy, <laughs> this like smoothie slushy that they that they. I don't know. You've definitely yeah. stamped what part of town you're in because I know that place. Oh, okay, thank you, thank you. Yo, I'd be in there. Sometimes they take a while to make it, but it's so worth it because I'm just after that. I'm like, I'm like drinking it. I'm walking home. I'm like, yeah, yeah. This it's is it. life. I'm definitely gonna. <laughs> or I, if I take it home with me, if I'm painting and I'm super tired on one of these 24 hour yeah. whatever, and I'm and I'm drinking it, I'm like, yeah. I can I can do this. I, I this is, it gives me the energy. Yeah, not uh, sponsored, but shout out to shout out to Paul Chen. Yeah, I, I used to go there regularly and just like just overindulge, and I'm like, yo, yeah, because they have good prices. Yeah. I haven't properly like ordered a meal unless I get like that wild bag of like chicken on the stick. Yeah, yeah, you know, you. Know. It's just like Thank yo, I'm you. out here. It's like, yo, what, what? and you know, for for those, I'm sorry, you know, I'll get like the wild pork fried rice. It's like, look, yeah. this is just. It's this is just so what it is. Good. And this they give you is, so guys. much fried rice. I'm like, yo, this is a lot of food for whatever amount of money. Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. I like it. Okay. 100%. Mm-hmm. So this is the last one I got to ask you. Um, yeah. You know, for those who don't know, what does Tuscago mean? Okay, Tuscago. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, so Tuscago, it's actually a funny story. I was, um, just really quickly, I was like in a barber shop with my friends or whatever, and my last name is um my like uh, government last name is Bogua Martin Bogua, but it's M B U G, which is very difficult to pronounce if you are not from East Africa because an M and a B next to each other that looks crazy, right? Like how do you even pronounce that? Yeah, I know, yeah, I know, and I've had to deal with that my whole life. Like people call me Boogaloo, like it's crazy <laughs> oh, the types of things called like people with Boogaloo. <laughs> yes, dude, I used to do speech in some announcer called me up for an award and they were like uh martin boogaloo i'm like i know i'm the only martin in this room you could just say that and i would know that you're talking to me but anyway um so i'm telling my friend like at this barbershop like yo 
uh, I do art now. Like this was because I started painting whatever, like four or five years ago, right? So I'm like, yo, I do art now. Um, and his friend's like, oh yeah, what's your what's your Instagram or whatever? I'm like, oh, it's Martin Bogo Art, and he's like, how do you spell that? And I'm like, uh, yeah, it's like M B, and he's like, yeah, nah, man, I'm, I'm gonna tell you to cut it off right now. I'm like, what, <laughs> what are you talking? I'm like, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, man, that, that's too hard, man. I don't know what you're talking about, like, bro, you you explaining that to me? I don't even, I just forgot how to do it, right? And U G U A H, I'm like, yeah, okay, I love. See, this is why I love like growing up in a hood because like people are so honest with you. And I'm like, I'm getting this cut, this dude, because and I really can't even say anything back because bro, he's not gonna I'm I'm not trying to get my hair cut fucked, like like messed up or whatever. Yeah, so I'm like, um dog, uh, you need to come up with a better name. So I I right when I'm there, I'm like, okay, what's a better name? I end up finding the word Tosca, yeah. which is like Toshka, it's like a Russian word. Yeah. There's this like really beautiful quote about it and how like it's a it's one of those words that's not directly translatable into english like it has a lot more meanings to it and um like at the highest heights it means something like a deep sense of longing and it's at lowest lows it's like nostalgia or boredom or something and i was really inspired by the idea that one thing could capture so much like depending on how you say this you could be exercising the most meaningful conversation that you've ever had and the mo most intense phrase that you could, or it could be something regular or lame, you know, like, and it doesn't really mean that much. And that word really inspired me. And I'm like, dang, I really want to go with this word Tosca. Like, I want to, I want to do that with my art. I want each of these pieces to be able to capture so much to so many different people. And then I want the because Toscago is the name of the entire story, too. Because it's not, like, just my name, but, like, all of these pieces and these films are, like, interconnected or whatever, like, cinematic universe or whatever. Um, but all of it, at the end of it, at the end of my life or whatever, because I'm going to be making it till whatever, how old I am, until I die, I guess. Um, at the end of it, it's going to be, like, a big self-portrait, you know? Like, okay this is who you were in this moment. Like, okay, this is who you were when you were interacting with Henry, the the, the famous uh, performance artist, um, also known as Rob Lee, the podcaster. Um, then people can look back on that and experience those moments and see the, the type of emotions you were having at that time, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then the go at the end, Tosca go, was just to remember like, okay, man, at the end of the day, at the end of it, you have to keep going until you achieve those dreams, that goal that you have, you know, of being able to embody that idea of art, that idea of storytelling too with uh, with um your art piece and everything, yeah. That's 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 great. I like that you you broke that down for us. Tuscago. Tuscago. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So so in that in that vein, um I, I feel like I feel like words and the power of words have been a big thing here. I wasn't yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, um, I know as a visual artist, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, you know, different conversations and you know, yeah. gives you some context. Mm -hmm. So with that, um, I want to one thank you for being on this podcast. Yeah, thank you so no, much. Thank you, great. thank you for thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, I want to um, invite, encourage you to share with the folks where they can check you out, your work, uh, website, social media, all of that good stuff. The floor is yours. Um, yeah, um, you guys can uh, follow me or add me on anything under the name Toscago. So, like, I have Instagram Toscago. I have a TikTok too if you want to go there. It's also at Toscago. Um, I have a website, Toscago.com. That's more professional. Yeah. Um, I should have noted that first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I also have a Twitter, but I don't use it. So, but those are my main ones. Like if you if you want to find me, just honestly, if you Google Toscago, you'll, you'll probably find me. Yeah. That's what but, I mean. uh, Yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, perfect. Well, there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Toscago for coming on to the podcast. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art culture, just power words in and around your neck of the woods. You just have to look for it. Mm -hmm.